Welcome to Liberate Your People Pleaser. You might be a people pleaser if you tend to feel guilty when you do actually have the nerve to say no, if you tend to prioritize other people's wants and needs, even at your own expense, you tend to keep your mouth shut and not rock the boat, and you feel like it's never your turn. Well, I am here to tell you that it is your turn now and you are in the right place at the right time being exactly who you are because there's nothing wrong with you. People pleasing is just a habit that we get into to cope with various things that at one time in our life were way too stressful to deal with. And so much like a class clown will learn to tell jokes, we learn to please other people. And I say we, because I have been there. So I am here in this podcast every week as your guide to an inner journey of liberation. Join me for this next episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Here we are at episode 76 of Liberate Your People Pleaser. So today I want to talk about how we really know if something is authentic for us, it's our truth, so to speak, or if it's actually a conditioned way of believing that we've just accepted for so long, it feels like our truth. This can happen in all kinds of ways, large and small. I'm going to give you a large example of it because it's a lot easier usually to kind of understand a dynamic of something when the um, story around it is a bigger you know, event than some of the subtler things. So let's start with a big one. So I was having this conversation with a group of people who were, I would say, early 30s, men and women. And we were talking about the choice to have or not to have children. And it was a really interesting conversation because there were people who had children and people who didn't. And so there was this whole conversation around, and some of this is gender oriented because I think the assumptions that women are going to want to have children, girls will want to have children when they grow up is a little more strong than it is for boys that when they grow up, they'll want to be a daddy, you know, kind of a thing. But if you grow up in any sort of traditional culture, whether that's a um, religious culture or just in your, you know, your family, your country's culture, I mean, certainly in the U.S. and in most places around the world, there's almost this badge of honor, right, with having children. And so there's this assumption that you will, of course, want to have children and you will have children, you know. And and so that's what got the conversation going because we had some people who decided not to. And so I was asking about that, like, how did they almost like give themselves permission to not take on that cultural norm, of having children. And it was a really interesting conversation. And it made me think about this dynamic because I see this with clients where when I'm coaching someone, I mean, one of the benefits of working with me as your coach is that I can see, I intuit whatever word you want to use for that, what's going on for you at an unconscious level or subconscious level that you are not necessarily aware of. Okay. Sometimes 
Um, the client is aware of it. They're aware of part of it. They can't figure out all of it. And anyway, whatever, that is my sort of superpower. I can't exactly explain why and how I do this, but of course, I always check with the client. Is it true? You know, and tell me where I'm wrong. You know, when I'm, when I'm sharing something, I'm feeling intuitively from them and 99 out of a hundred times, they're like, oh my gosh, that's absolutely right. So I know that this is, you know, just one of my superpowers I bring as a coach to help you see those things that you can't see on your own. That's what our subconscious is. It's all this stuff. It's 95% of what you think comes out of your subconscious. Now that includes all kinds of habits like brushing your teeth. Okay. Um, It's not that you don't know that you know how to do that, but it's in your subconscious. You don't have to think about it. You just do it. So as it goes for all kinds of other things, you're going to have children when you grow up, like you don't necessarily consciously think I'm going to have that thought that, you know, it's normal to have children and that's what I want to do. It just becomes part of your subconscious because you hear it um, from people in your community, whoever they are, again, religiously, ethnically, you know, state area of origin, whatever your family, you know, maybe you have a whole family of people who don't want to have children. And so you grow up believing that's not something you want to do because it's just all around you. It's modeled for you. It's, it, it comes at you in all kinds of subtle and overt ways. And so subconsciously, you just take that on. For me, if you listen to last week's episode about being a hypocrite, one of my beliefs was that I was not athletic. Now, I'm not even sure where that came from. I don't remember a gym teacher shaming me or something like that, you know, that sometimes people have that. And it's like, that's where I got that. I don't know where I got my belief that I wasn't athletic, but I did. And it was very much part of my subconscious. I just, when it's in your subconscious, you just do it. You believe it. You know, it just like, you don't go into your bathroom and look at your toothbrush and go, what the hell do I do with that? You know, you just know it. Okay. So 95% of what we're thinking every day is coming from the subconscious. So what's going on in our subconscious is really so much more impactful than our in our lives than what's happening for us consciously, what we're choosing to believe, what we're choosing to think, because most of it just bubbles up out of that subconscious. And that's why working with a coach is so powerful because it's not somebody just you know, now I'll say working with me, I should say it that way. This is common in the coaching world, but of course I won't speak for everyone because unlike the sort of classic um, and sometimes making fun of therapists, which I don't want to do, I think most therapists are awesome, is that idea where the client, you know, the therapist is just kind of over there going, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm," and the client just keeps saying stuff and in there talking about their stuff, They will have some of their own insights because that happens when we take the time to really question why we think the way we think stuff, you know, we'll have our own insights, um, our own sort of revelations into, into the subconscious, but it's really powerful when someone who's trained to do it, especially like me or other therapists can have that intuitive hit of, oh, wait a minute you know, you're saying this, but what I, what I wonder is, are you really thinking da 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 or feeling that, you know, you really think you don't want to have children because no one in your family, well, that doesn't work for very many generations, but anyway, <laughs> it's having children. And, um, 
is that really true? Because I hear you saying other things that would make me think you would like to have children. You know, does that feel, you know, tell me where I'm wrong. Do you ever think that even though you think you shouldn't, right? Because that's a lot of it is we tend to think that uh, even if we feel that way, we want to break the norm. We want to be the first person who goes to college in our family. We want to be the first entrepreneur. We want to be the first six or multi six figure earner. We can be afraid, so to speak, to do that because we're breaking the mold. So having someone who can hear you and kind of see behind that into the subconscious and say, hey, wait a minute, it feels to me like there's a part of you anyway that might want to, you know, break that family rule, might right, might want to something, whatever the case may be. And when you get that moment of, oh, like it's an allowing, it's allowing yourself to think that. What if, so let's go back to the conversation about having children, because one of the guy, one of the guys I was talking to said that he, he had grown up thinking, you know, and even college wanting to have a family and then fell in love with a woman who didn't and had to kind of go through that exercise internally. And he did this also with his therapist of is, am I just changing my mind about children because this woman I fall in love with doesn't want to have kids or have I really changed my position on it? And that is like the best question you can ask yourself because it keeps us open to where might I be thinking a certain way because I've been conditioned to think that way. And so I've never, you know, second guessed it or like in this case, I've fallen in love with there's somebody important in my life who believes differently. So I'm going to take on their belief. And especially for people pleasers, it's very, very easy to take on a belief of someone you love or care about a lot. Doesn't even have to be a spouse. It could be a best friend or something or a group of people you just start being with and they all think, you know, fill in the blank. It's very easy to take that on because as a people pleaser and usually having, you know, great powers of empathy, we can understand just to keep the example the same. Let's say you fall in with a whole group of people who don't want to have kids. You've got, you know, six best friends, you hang out with a lot and uh, none of them want to have kids and you do. Well, it can be very easy because of your ability to empathize, like you hear them tell their stories and reasons why they don't want to have children. And you're empathizing with that. It can be very easy to go from what to me is true empathy or the way I describe it is that sure, I can sort of, you know, take that perspective of another. I can understand. I can put myself in the shoes of someone else and their perspective of not wanting to have children. But for me, that's where empathy doesn't also mean. And so now I take that position myself. And that's what happens a lot. That's how this concept, I think, over these last few years where empathy has become such a big buzzword and the whole, you know, we have sensitive people and we're super empathetic and da, 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 da. I mean, that's true. I'm not poo-pooing that. But healthy empathy doesn't abandon itself to take the perspective of another. So I want to have children. You don't, I can 
hear what you're saying and your, you know, reasons for that. And I can take that perspective and kind of be in your shoes and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. They're a lot of work. They cost a lot of money. It does absolutely change your lifestyle, changes everything about your life, da, 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 you know, whatever those reasons are. And I can absolutely understand that that's your truth, but that doesn't mean empathy doesn't require me to abandon my truth of, and I want to have children. Like that's really interesting and it makes me curious. And I want, you know, I want to hear what you have to say with that. And I can get from your perspective and, and that that's your truth, but empathy doesn't require me to abandon my own. So that's kind of the model for how you want to sort of check some of these things that you might be holding about yourself and wonder if, is this really true about me or is this a conditioned belief? Am I like in my episode from last week, am I really not an athletic person or have I just believed that? Have I just been telling myself that for my whole life and come to find out? If you listen to that episode, you know that I don't believe that anymore. It is not true. Some things you may decide. Yeah, no, I've, you know, looked at the other side of it and I still feel like that's true. But I'll tell you another example that's a little more nuanced than this. I had a client, an entrepreneurial client who felt like they, it was just who they were to both procrastinate and jump from one thing to the next without necessarily finishing it. So kind of the ADHD, you know, idea of shiny object, you know, and so I get distracted with this, this, or I get excited about this project and that project and that project. And I just, I kind of don't get them finished because then I get excited about something else, but that's just who I am would be what she would say. That's just who I am. And Underneath that, because we had worked together for a long time. Now, of course, ADHD is a real thing. And there are lots of reasons why we end up procrastinating. And, you know, for somebody else, I might have just moved right along with, okay, so what are the things we can put in place to keep that from hurting your business at the level that that's hurting your business right now? But in this case, I didn't really feel that. Like intuitively, I felt like, no, this is a way this client had a story that was sort of a, no matter what I do, I don't get to be successful. And funny how those behaviors would feed right into that story. So that's a great way of sort of calling yourself out on something you may think is who you are, your authentic self. I'm just, I love to start things and I don't always finish it. Sure, there are people that are like that, and that may be you. But if that is feeding a story that is minimize, you know, somehow minimizes you or diminishes you and what's possible for you, then that's where I would put a real red flag on it. And I would really allow myself to question what if that's not true? What if, like, I'll use myself as an example with that whole non athletic thing. So, how convenient also, right? That that feeds into a habit of not taking care of myself physically. And this just gives that I'm not athletic just kind of gives me my excuse. Well, it's because I'm not athletic. Like I'm just not, that's not something I'm going to be able to do, but that's not good for me. So I don't, 
really buy that something that is innately harmful to us is part of our authentic nature. I think that, or when it is, let me say it this way, when it is, it doesn't push our buttons and we don't become victim to it. We just, we just know that and we go, you know, hire somebody to do it for us or, you know, compensate for it in some other way. And there isn't the sort of avoidance and um, shame around it and all of that. So, you know, when we have something, because of course we all have things we're not good at. We all have things that, you know, don't serve us in some way or another, but to me, the ones when we're not triggered by it, when we don't get triggered into shame, we don't try to hide it. We don't diminish ourselves because of it, whatever. Then it just becomes like, well, I don't like to cook. So I'm going to, you know, buy the um, meal prep services or hire a chef or whatever, because I just don't like to do that. And of course I have to eat and I don't want to eat out in a restaurant every night. So here's what I'm going to do about that. If I have shame around it, I'm going to be avoiding it or trying to make myself do it anywhere or whatever. And then we have to figure out what's really underneath that shame. Is it really that you don't like to cook or is it that you've been telling yourself something else that manifests as that as an outcome? So I hope that makes sense. And um, I really would love to know in the comments if you have a belief or a habit could be another way to think of it that you have thought is really authentic to you. And now you're wondering if maybe it was just a conditioned way of being, you know, and it might be on something big, like whether or not to have children or what you can do, what's possible for you professionally, or it may be something, you know, smaller, like, you know, whatever, just something that you don't think you can do that, for some reason, and you don't have to understand why, hearing this makes you go, huh, well, I wonder if that's actually true. And so here's my tip for how to start to, you know, kind of wake yourself up to it or to, through curiosity, not any sort of shame or diminishment or criticism, question whether or not that belief is true would be to imagine sort of your life without it. Like, who would I be if I didn't have that belief that I can't cook? Or who would I be if I didn't have the belief that I'm not athletic? Or who would I be, what would my life look like if, even though I've been telling myself I want to have children, I decided not to? Like, what, what would that really look like? And play it out. Think of how that would impact you day to day and, you know, and what starts to open up and does whatever start to open up seem appealing to you? Because of course, for all that, whether it's staying, being single, like I think that a lot about being single. Sometimes I think I don't even care about ever being in a relationship. Like I, there's a ton of things I love about being single. So that wasn't something I was raised with, but after getting divorced a second time, that very much started with a self-shaming piece of, well, obviously I suck at relationships. So I need to just figure out how to be single. Well, so is that really true? Do I suck at relationships or did I just get divorced two times? And I have a lot of clients I work with with that. There's, I have had a number of clients, men and women 
who what motivated them into coaching was this idea of I ruined my relationships or I'm not good at it. Now I've started dating somebody and I don't want to ruin that one. Or I'm stuck in a relationship that's toxic for me and I don't know how to get out of it, you know, because I don't think, you know, I think I'm supposed to stay in my relationship. So we have a lot of cultural and inherited beliefs around relationships as well. So, you know, you've gotten there when you've allowed yourself what, so, you know, I'm saying I'm happy to be single. What if I was in a relationship? What if I allowed myself to think a relationship would be a really good thing for me? Oh, well, that's curious. How does that feel? And what would I want that relationship to look like and feel like? And what would that person be like? And, you know, because until we really allow ourselves, give ourselves permission for sort of the opposite to be true, we don't really know if where we're at is the truth. It may just be something we're assuming. So I can't wait to hear in the comments or email me if you want. Of course, there's links in the show notes if you want to book a call with me and all those good things. And this is where the Solve It Method, my digital program, the, the link is also in the show notes for that. That's where this pro, that program is super, super helpful because it takes you through a whole process that will help you uncover these things. What are my desires and where did they come from? And are they really mine or did I kind of adopt them from somebody else? Because somebody I love, my spouse or my kids or somebody in my family um, thinks that would be a great idea. So I decided that would be a great idea. You know, it's a whole process for helping you work through really getting to authentic desires and being able to take action towards them. So that's a great sort of um, nice way to work with it is to get that digital program. And then you can always add on coaching to that as well. If you want to do a few one-on-one sessions to kind of keep, you know, um, keep the momentum going and go a little deeper than you can go on your own, because of course we can always go a little deeper with a coach one-on-one than we can in a digital, you know, or group program or something. So check that out as well, because that will give you more than what I've given you today in this short podcast with how to work with that and processes for opening those doors of curiosity. So let me know what your thing is. You want to maybe challenge or be open to seeing a different way and how that goes for you. I'm Brenda Florida, Certified Life Coach. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Here's my invitation to you. Keep loving yourself enough to stay on this inner journey of liberation. And the good news is you don't have to do it alone. None of us do. So I hope you will continue to connect with me. I would love to have you post a five-star review on whatever podcast outlet you listen to the episode on today. New episodes come out every week. You can find me on Instagram at Brenda Florida Coach, on Clubhouse as B Florida. You can click the link in the show notes for my free resources and other information. And last but not least, you can book a connection call with me and we can explore whether or not now might be the right time and whether or not I am the right coach for you to help you on your journey of liberation. I can't wait to connect with you.